Tell me more about the smoothie you're popping. Oh, it's not great. I mean, basically what I do is kind of like a garbage can smoothie and go into the fridge and just put whatever we got kicking around in there. Right. (laughs) Why? (laughs) It just seems like an efficient thing to do. Like different fruits or are you talking like meat, vegetables? (laughs) I definitely have veg in there and fruit and like big like gob of peanut butter, polished off of milk, put some other kind of milk in there. Some old gnarly cottage cheese, like whatever's in there. Some seeds. It's different every time. You welcome to another episode of the Open Road Podcast. Here with your lovely host, Jer. He's currently shirtless, sitting oh. in a leather chair, stuck to the leather, and Calvin, me, with a shirt on like a normal person. No, what that's is with, not. What is with a shirt off in spring, Jared? Like, all these guys, like, as soon as it hits, like, a certain temperature, boom, shirt off. And then you just become a shirt off guy. It's really the best part about uh, A, spring, and B, podcasts. Spring, you can go shirtless, no one bats an eye. Podcast, you can say whatever you want, and the people will have no idea if you're telling the truth or not. I couldn't disagree more. And I hate starting out like that. I hate starting out a podcast like that. <laughs> I disagree so much, Jer. I'm so offended by people that walk around with their shirt off in like uh, on the street. Where is your shirt? I had a guy came into our office yesterday. Two guys, Jer. Get this. They pull up in a Sebring convertible, which is a no. dope ride. Sebring convertible. Both get out. And they both have uh, like kind of like that um, basketball short material shirts on, but yes. they're like. Uh, sleeveless pennies no like they're just like a t-shirt with a crew neck but shirt and, that, oh, and a nice like hem it. around right like it's it was designed that way and i'm just like who are these guys why are they driving sebring that car convertible in a sebring convertible came in and with the sh- with the with the cutoff shirts and i, I was so offended that. like with the with the shirt thing it's not a big deal i know it's like literally just missing a couple inches of sleeve but i was so weirded out by it can you take them seriously? Absolutely not. I couldn't get my eyes off like the white like shoulders. You know what I mean? Like the white shoulder with like the hair coming out. And I was like, what is the plan here? <laughs> Did what you was the plan this morning? Uh, I, I just, I talked briefly with them for a second. See what they wanted. But it's like, wow. <laughs> oh, Bizarre so creatures that crawl this earth, Jer. <laughs> Oh, well, everybody, welcome to the show. We're here to help you find more adventure in the everyday. And uh, a big part of us doing that is actually bringing you in on how we are finding adventure in our everyday. And Mm. today we have a fantastic episode uh, lined up for you if you ask me. Um, If you've been keeping up with us. Yeah, like they could ask me, I would say a similar thing. Sorry? Yep, go ahead. Um, I I was just about to say. Um, we've been talking a little bit about our RV lately, and we talked about how last summer I blew up the motor. This summer, we we just got the motor fixed, and Calvin and I decided if we're going to fix the motor, we're also going to gut the thing and make it like beautiful. Like just do inside. it right. Inside the engine and inside. Not outside mm-hmm. necessarily super beautiful, though we have some ideas there, but do the full reno, do the like instagram slash pinterest reno thing on the inside of this thing to make it just 
like so beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I mean, we talk with I mean someone we know, probably one of the most qualified individuals that's been on here. Although we did have the tiny house people on here with probably the most qualified. Let's go second, Bob Claggett from I Like to Make Stuff back on the podcast. Awesome to talk to this guy again and just fire off all our ideas and plans with him. Such a good guy to bounce ideas off of. Exactly. So we have Bob on the show to uh, just get us caught up on what he's been doing lately and then to get some of his ideas for what we should do once we got this uh, RV. As of this moment right now that I'm talking, you're listening to us in the future. So the same is true for you wherever you're listening to this. We've done Demo Day. Demo Day, the it majority happened. of the demo has happened. Now, this interview, however, happened before Demo Day. So we're just going to shut up, play the interview, and then come back and tell you about how Demo Day went. So here's Jer- our interview. Oh, yeah. Shut up. I'm going to shut up. Here's our interview with Bob of I Like to Make Stuff. Well, we can kind of even even jump right in. Speaking of the things you've been doing, I mean, you've still been plugging away at your at your videos and you've been making some really cool stuff lately um what's been your favorite kind of project in the last little bit that you've worked on Ooh, last little bit uh we did a ping pong table not too long ago i i was so enthralled uh, by that video i was like i we have some pong tables at work and i'm i'm playing every day after work a little bit at lunch i was like this is the coolest table i've ever seen (laughs) it's a lot of fun we use it probably a little bit more than we should (laughs) Um, but like during work hours, um, but yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Evan and Caitlin are a great, uh, couple that does content creation. They do a DIY stuff together mm-hmm. and they got to, they came for a week and we built the table together. They built this awesome leather net. And, um, so it's, it's become kind of a centerpiece of this room. that's right outside my office. Right. And it's, Yeah. Turn it into a really cool room. It's got all like all my favorite stuff is in that room now. Well, yeah. Tell us a little bit about yeah, that yeah. new space because last time we chatted, you were like busting at the seams, and and where are you now? So last summer, end of last summer, we moved from Georgia to Kentucky. We moved um, into my grandfather's old house. He passed a few years ago, and the house has been kind of, you know, like nobody knew if it's going to stay in the family or if they were going to sell it or whatever. Right. And, right. So we saw it as an opportunity to move back to where I grew up, cool. um, have a bigger space, have more outside mm. space for the kids, and you know they have like a field and trees and they can run and be crazy, and I get to live in my grandfather's house, which is I spent a lot of time here growing up. Sure. And cool. um, so now I've taken over his shop, which is amazing, and it's the shop space is like five times bigger than what I had in Georgia. So, Whoa. you know just immediate explosion of just like stuff and space. (laughs) Right. Right. And that's the shop space. And then there's, you know, I have this nice size office. It was a storage room that I converted. Um, and then this other room where the ping pong table is when I grew up, um, we had, my grandparents had a pool table in there. So me and my cousin spent tons of time in that room playing and stuff while the adults were all upstairs having normal Mm -hmm. conversation. We'd come down here and be loud and cause trouble and stuff. Right. I love that. And, uh, Shoot a little billiards. Yeah, yeah. So that's like that's been a big. I've watched all of your videos. Like this has kind of been a cool. Um, I mean, one giant project almost like where you're kind of yeah. picking away at things and tackling a project and like a lot of customizing, which has been pretty cool. It's not like I felt like that's was stepping outside of your. Um, not that you had like a little genre niche, but you were kind of like so, had this cool opportunity. It seemed where you were able to 
have a blank canvas and a whole bunch of um, just a whole new opportunity. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, moving into a family house where all of the family has had history here, right? So, like, all my yeah. cousins, yeah. My, my dad, his brothers, like, all the grandkids, you know, everybody has history in this house. And so there was a little bit of, like, well, if we move in, we're going to do what we do and we're going to, like, change everything. Right. You know? And, like, redo all the rent. Like, is this going to be a problem? But the cool thing is my family's awesome. And the cool thing was that, you know, when we started talking about moving, everybody was just excited that it would be still around. Oh, yeah. But everybody knew that it couldn't yeah. be it couldn't be our grandparents' house anymore, right? Right. So it's got to be. So it was really yeah. nice to move in and have the freedom and kind of the blessing, if you can say it that way, of everybody else to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. like make this work for your family. And so we are. We're changing a lot of stuff. And, you know, it gave me the, like you said, it's given, it's given me the opportunity to have like a series of kind of home improvement videos in addition yeah. to the normal yeah, yeah. random stuff that I make so it's been mm. awesome and we still have tons of work to do <laughs> tons <laughs> so, yeah well right. it's got to be kind of yeah. nice to have your grandfather's shop operational again I mean I imagine that's pretty cool for everybody too to see new life being breathed into that space what did he do with it when he was uh, when he was active in it so he was in, the crazy thing was he passed when he was 93 I think and he was still going in the shop like all mm, the time. I love it. Uh he was yeah, he was a painter and he was just a tinkerer, he was a sculptor. He was he would do wood carvings. He did these amazing like lifelike wood carvings of fish and birds and they were all like anatomically yeah. correct and he would go find this sounds weird but he would find dead birds and cast their feet make casts of their actual feet and then pour them in lead and so he would use those for the feet so they were like right and he was just all around that is super cool so cool yeah and he made uh rc planes had i'm not exaggerating probably a hundred rc planes (laughs) that he built they were just everywhere and big big ones you know no way this room where i'm in now was the storage room where he had these planes and i've got a picture of just stacks of planes that he would build he would give them away to people and you know fix other people's and all this stuff have you kept one or two of them what happens to a i was just gonna say like what happens to a hundred rc planes after you die yeah well they had to figure that out and along with you know everything else in the house that he had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of paintings right. because he had painted for, I don't know, 40, 50 years or something. Yeah. And so they had, um, in the three, 400 painting range to figure Whoa. out what to do with. Wow. Lots right. of landscapes. And, so, and, you know, great paintings, but, like, that's a lot of paintings. <laughs> Nobody can put <laughs> all those up. Yeah. And uh, the birds and the fish, he had over 300 of these birds that were just around. The fish, there were uh, many. There weren't very many of those, so. That everybody right. was kind of happy to get one of those but you know we the family kind of just got what we wanted and traded mm-hmm. out the rest and then when it came to the planes like they had the uh, estate sale you know and they were trying to sell oh, yeah. off all these just furniture and stuff mm-hmm. and somebody came who was into planes and they were like I want some of the planes but I'm sure I can't afford all of them and it's I wasn't mm-hmm. here but my understanding was they were like no if you'll use these just take them awesome because my grandfather would have given them <laughs> right. all to anybody sure sure in a heartbeat right. anyway so an enthusiast yeah yep oh that's so. pretty cool it's been crazy man last couple last year has yeah. been pretty nuts <laughs> <laughs> did he pass away last year and then you guys decide to make the move and then that's all kind of happened in the last little bit yeah well he was in he passed in 2016 okay and yeah i when he was sick uh i came up 
kind of to be around for my dad and, you know, just to kind of be here. So I was here when he, when he died and that trip of going back to where I was from and, you know, being faced with mortality and then like looking thinking about like my kids and mm-hmm. just, there was a lot happening in a really concentrated little point there. Seriously. And I was like, man, like I, this is all going to happen really quickly. You know, life is going really quickly. I'm going to be where he is in, in just a few decades, maybe if I'm lucky, you know, it's like not that far yeah. away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, so it just put a lot of stuff in perspective. And when I went back, I started talking to my wife about it and, and, uh, we probably talked about it for a year about moving about the potential and we weren't mm-hmm. going to do it a lot. <laughs> and then we finally decided that we, it would be a good thing. And, and I think it's been awesome. It's been great for everybody, but definitely a big yeah. transition for the family. How has some of that perspective shaped the way you've approached work um, in the last year? Um, I think it's given me um, a little more focus on the family. Mm. I mean, I've always tried to be really family-oriented and, like, make sure that I'm putting Mm. them first and stuff. But at the same time, when when you work for yourself, it's like there's just – there's always stuff to do. There's, you know – there is all I could always be working if I would let myself and my personality yeah. is to do that and mm-hmm. uh, you know part of the move is like I don't know part of the move was kind of taking over like taking control of my time and my focus again and being like yes I'm building a business I'm doing something that I love I'm blessed enough to be able to do this crazy thing that I do yep. full time but that is still only there to support the fact that I have a family. Mm. And if I let that twist and be like, you know, the family's there, but I I really got to work. If, if I let it stay in that state all the time, like stuff will get ruined. Mm -hmm. That's how families fall apart. Mm. So part of the the transition and over the last year since then has been me kind of readjusting my, um, like where my time goes and you know I, I work mm-hmm. I work hard when I'm working hard but then I do my best to at the end of the day like I go upstairs and I'm done and I'm not working anymore until the next day whereas I used to like you know wife and kids would go to bed and I'm back in the shop for another mm-hmm. two hours or something and right so now you brought in uh extra set of hands the last little while yeah I've got a full-time employee and he's a good friend of mine um but yeah I have like have, that's a huge step it's crazy man i have yeah. payroll to pay <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like gotta make payroll yeah it's it's pretty bizarre i mean i like i've had a, a good friend of mine who's been my editor for maybe three years now yep. maybe longer than that mm-hmm. um you know but he's part-time we we have kind of a set amount of work that he's gonna do and stuff and that's been there yeah. and it's grown um but yeah my friend josh was uh his family lived in an RV and they were just traveling around. He had quit his job uh, wow. doing engineering stuff and was traveling around and they decided that they were ready to settle down somewhere. And so I told him to stop by here just to like, Hey, on your trip, just come by and hang out. Check it yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. Do a video. Well, I wasn't even expecting him to stay, but they, I was like, yeah, just come by and say hi as you're driving through, you know, and sure, so yeah. they, they stayed yeah. for a week and then he decided that he was ready to get a job somewhere, just ready to get back to work. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. in while you're looking, why don't you just contract with me for like a couple months? We'll contract mm-hmm. it. And that's all it was going to be. And that was in October, beginning of October. And so he did contract for about, it was supposed to be three months. He did about a month and a half. And then we decided that like he, he decided 
they decided that they wanted to stay in town. Yeah. And so we decided for him to come on full time. So he started full time salary in January. Wow. Dang, it's May already. Whoa. Dude, the <laughs> year crazy. the year is like <laughs> half over. Like by the like we'll blink and the yeah. year will be half over. Yeah, That's I know. Nuts. And but so yeah, is he so still living in the RV on your property, or did they find a spot in no, town? No, no, no. <laughs> no, they they actually were able to sell the RV um, when they decided, pretty soon after they decided to stick around here. Nice. And that was the plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they weren't going to try to stay in it. Sure. And they bought a house, and so they've got young kids, too, so our kids are all friends and hang out together. And they have yeah, a yeah. pool, so we're over at their house. Very nice. We're at their pool sometimes. <laughs> How do you find, I mean, with your projects and kind of managing, managing an employee, like how do you find, um, do you, do you have a feeling of, I mean, of course you do have a feeling of responsibility, but yeah, I mean, you're pretty free doing what you were doing on your own where you could choose kind of a project, even just, even something just barely piqued your interest. You could kind of dive into it. Do you feel like you can still do that? Um, with Josh, or do you feel like you need to kind of pick something that caters to both your skills and interests? No, I mean he came on to do kind of a specific thing. So he's okay. He's well, he's a maker. He is a person that builds things. He has his own shop. Mm-hmm. He, you know, so he has a skill set all his own. Um, but he also has an engineering background. He has uh, he's done video stuff in the past. So. He came on not to really do what I do, but to support what I do. And cool. so he's running camera yep. now. He shoots most of the videos. Yep. He handles a lot of the website stuff, all the e-commerce things. And so mm-hmm. a bunch of the stuff that I had to do because I didn't really have anybody else to do it, he's picking up all that. But at the same time, he lends his his experience and, and expertise, his expertise. Yeah. yeah, so when we talk about – like the ping pong table is a great example. We started talking about the ping pong table, and I said, well, I have this idea – for a table where the, the you know the top flips over like a normal ping pong table, but there's storage mm-hmm. underneath, so it has to be able to flip 180 degrees and land on itself. And right. so that I kind of told him like that's it. And so he went and in CAD built the whole table and designed it. And I went back and told him like I changed these two or three things, whatever. Amazing. But he designed that entire thing, and it was a conversation, which is really cool. It wasn't like I was, you know, I had some junior designer person and I said like here's your brief go build this thing right you know it was like a conversation right. like oh right. it should have this and it could have this and how would we do that yeah yeah um, but he's got the skill set to like execute it and um, you know same goes for building there's often times where like I will need to do four or five of something for a video mm-hmm. but we don't need to shoot all of those so right. I'll make one on camera right. and then he can go and do the rest of them right because he's totally capable um, right. So it's turned out to be really cool. I mean, it, there was definitely like a, an adjustment period because, yeah, you're right. I was like all on my own by myself all the time in right. the basement. <laughs> uh, right. There's a little bit Bob of adjustment. Bob was getting weird. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, uh, but it's been really cool. And it helps that he's a good friend and we've got a lot of things in common and we can nerd out about comic book movies and stuff together. So yeah, I yeah. imagine that first employee is always like the biggest jump for um, someone who is self-employed because... I mean, you have to get to the certain point where you're just so overworked individually that now you need to hire someone. But then all of a sudden you need enough work to sustain them, like for them to add yeah. enough value of their salary. But that will surely by dip into your piece of the pie by, I don't know, 50%. Like, like what was that like for you? How, how did you come to the place where you're like, okay, yeah, now's the time? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had 
this kind of growing list of those things that I didn't want to spend my time on but had to be done. Right. And I'd been right. working on that list for I mean, honestly about two years, like trying to like how do I get some how do I get one person that can do all of this all stuff. of these disparate <laughs> tasks that don't have anything to do with yeah. each other. That's yeah, yeah. stuff I've had to figure out how to do. And, you know, you look at it on a paper and it's like, well, I need this person for two hours a week and that person for four hours a week and this person, you know. And it turns out that, um, and, well, I assumed I would never be able to find one person to do all those things. Yeah. Turns out that Josh right. is actually more than capable of doing all those things. Amazing. And he has a whole different skill set. So hmm. for now, he's doing all this random stuff. I mean, it may be mm-hmm. down the road where, you know, we bring in another person that's just focuses on the website yep. and then he won't have to do that and he can do more engineering or more I don't know I have no idea <laughs> right oh, but that but, but, yeah. but that's now. really cool and I think also neat to think about us as individuals what are the skills that we're learning and continuing to uh, develop so that we can be the types of people who are just really employable. So that's that's pretty cool. Mm. And he sounds a lot like you as someone who was doing all of that stuff before. Mm. So for yeah. you to be like, how on earth can a person do all these things? Well, you're kind of like, oh, now that I think about it, I do all these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's it, it was kind of weird, like to your question earlier, though. I mean, I've had employees before. Like I've had, I used to own a, I was a partner in a web development firm. Yeah. And at our biggest, we had about 15 people, 14, 15, something like that. And they were mostly people that were really good friends of ours that we hired because they were really talented. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's great because you're like, I know this person, I can trust them, and I want to help right. them have a job. But then there's this other end of it that's like, oh, man, like how are we going to pay our close friends this month? Like it's too lean. We don't have the money. And there's this huge amount of stress to yeah. that. Yeah. yeah and I so know. part of this thing with Josh, like bringing him on, was part of the three-month kind of uh, you know, contract was figuring out if what I needed to pay him for him to be okay was going to make me okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And trying right. to see what that return was on the, the investment that I was going to be putting into him. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was evident really quickly that it was going to be feasible for me to do, but also beneficial. Like it wasn't just going to be you know one for one paying for itself. That yeah. he was he was adding value enough yeah. to totally really make it worthwhile. So. Yeah, we've had that conversation a few times on this podcast with um, people in like a similar small startup and uh, and they hire friends and we always kind of ask them, um, you know, what their thoughts are. And it's they obviously did hire them. So their their thoughts are always like 100 percent love working with friends, always a huge advocate for working with friends, which is pretty cool. I think that's maybe maybe a bit of a a change in, in the future for our generation where previously i feel like our parents that was really i mean i remember my dad like discouraging me from having friends that were roommates because you know really? whatever if anything were to, were to go wrong yeah mm. well so, it's, it's interesting yeah, like it's, in the software industry uh you know i went to work for a company that my brother was working at and he had worked at this company because people that he had worked at previous jobs were there and it turned out mm-hmm. that like he went to California and got this job, met this group of developers who were all about the same age, really good friends. And then as companies merged and branched off and somebody would do a startup, this group of like five or six guys would kind of just all of a sudden be working here together. And then they would be working there together. Right. It was a really good example right. of what you're saying. Right. You, know? right. you trust each other. You know the capabilities right. of your it's friends. Comfortable. Yeah. It's a good thing. Yeah. Usually, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's been our experience too. 
Well, Bob, a couple of these things that we've been talking about uh, are kind of circling around something that's going on in, in our world right now. And we we wanted to have you on the podcast both to catch up with what's going on in your world and to kind of get some of your insight as okay. a maker. Um, we are about to take our old RV, um, which is a 1979. I, did we tell you much about our RV last time we were on the show? I forget. I don't think so. So we have an old RV, and we've gone on all these these road trips. It's a 79, and we just kind of put a new motor uh, in because I blew it up last uh, last summer, and we uh, we were like, are we going to give this one last kick at the can? And if we mm-hmm. do, we also are gonna we're gonna redo the motor, and we're gonna just gut it and do a full reno on the inside. And mm-hmm. so this coming weekend, we are basically gonna do a full demo of this thing, and it's gonna leave us with a blank slate. And we are very intrigued as to some of your thoughts on. Um, a couple of you know, some. Do you think we should include anything really cool? Do you have any ideas that can kind of inspire us? And then we also want to chat a little bit about the potential logistics of adding a periscope into this thing. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> a real working periscope. <laughs> okay, it's been a bit of a dream since the. I mean, we, we had the urinal pretty figured out, but then kind of the next step up was a working periscope. <laughs> Checking out, you know. <laughs> on the road hopefully wouldn't blow off we never quite uh, pulled the trigger on it couldn't quite engineer it ourselves so yeah yeah we're getting into pretty significant demo and we're got a bunch of guys involved hopefully it is still standing <laughs> um but yeah we, we've, we, we've spent a good bit of time um going over different ideas and what we you know what we use this thing for and, and it's probably not going to look like anything like a traditional rv just because basically what it gets used for now is like but like weekend up to like five days, eh, Jer? Like for yeah, for what it is, and not huge numbers. So I mean, we need it to be practical for basically one purpose, which is like hmm. still beds, but then more hanging out, and like we don't need the closet anymore, for example. And the plumbing doesn't work, so we're tearing out the closet yeah. and the bathroom and kind of the whole opening up the whole space a little bit. Oh wow! Putting in a, a fireplace, <laughs> yeah. Sweet hot tub right in the middle hot tub on the roof actually <laughs> oh yeah okay um so i don't mm. know have you have yeah. you t- talked with any people who've done rv renos maybe even josh's what did his look like did they do anything to it was it new they he actually did tons of work to him. we should have had him on oh here really because, yeah he ripped out most of the stuff in and the one they got was in pretty good shape but it was kind of stock yeah kind of looked like every other yeah, one. yeah. well maybe so we, if you don't t- mind maybe we can get him on next but we would love to hear your thoughts too you definitely should, because he would have a lot more insight into RV sp- stuff specifically than I would. But um, yeah, I know he gutted a whole bunch of stuff. He built like new uh, a new like bench and table in the kitchen that would kind of move over. I think he built. Mm-hmm. He had three kids in one room, so he built their beds and some storage around that. That was all kind of wrapped up together. Cool. Um, his his workshop was in the back, like compartment i don't know what you call them come on because uh, i don't have one but like you know in the back of the rv on the outside there's like a flip up door thing. yeah yeah and like so a big had, door yeah and so he had a nice. slide out panel with a cnc machine on it he had a bunch of tools what? he had a 3d printer in there you're kidding and so he would pull things no i'm not um you can actually check it out on his website uh on his youtube channel that's hilarious it's called the pi workshop you should you should check it out we will 100 percent the pi yeah, yeah. The PI Price Institute Workshop. 
Yeah. Okay, writing it down. Okay, continue. Yeah, so he had a full workshop. He would, you know, when they went camping, he would pull things out and, like, do woodworking, like, on park benches and, you know, picnic tables and stuff like that. Amazing. Um, so he's probably got more insight there than I would personally probably just, like, rip it open and then leave it open and basically just camp on the inside of it. You know what I mean? Like, not even put in a permanent bed. <laughs> like, bring tents in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's a roof. That's all it is. Um, now you got to remember, we live like in I, Canada, I, I, cool. okay? Oh, true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know. Like, what? So you want a hangout space on the inside of it. You need two beds? More beds? How many beds? We, I mean, we've got a pretty solid bed. Like, we're going to keep the one over top of the cab, which is a nice twin, a cozy twin. And then... Um, we have our little table, which is dining room, and that drops down into like a nice, comfortable twin. So like that's pretty much enough space for, you know, we can sleep four bodies. But then easily. the couch also pulled and out into the aisle, so you could do six. So there's no real reason to like build in more six. beds, yeah. as uh, long as we keep what it has existing. But we do want to put a new table in that folds out into the aisle, so that it's a, only a 22 foot. So I'm sure much smaller than Josh's, but. The table will kind of fold into the middle, and then we want two kind of fold-away stools so that instead of just sitting four at the table, mm-hmm. you could kind of fit seven. Hmm. But then again, that table still yeah, so needs to be able to drop down and fit in that slot. So there, that'll be kind of some weird woodwork to kind of figure that thing out. I feel like these RVs are kind of like an engineer's dream and nightmare. Yeah. All kind of bundled up into one little package because it is pretty fun thinking of how everything is going to work but then these things are so crappily built and put together like it's just a nightmare so like we're we, we are going to have to like kind of this weekend like we're ripping the whole ceiling down we're going to rip up the old linoleum tiles and it's a bit scary we're going to see kind of what's uh what's behind all this 40 you know, year old plastic mm. have fun with that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Bob, it, we are—you didn't it, get to my offer. We are going to fly you in. <laughs> I was trying to get ahead of that, weekend. Actually, <laughs> I was trying to get ahead of it and say, "No, I have stuff to do this weekend." Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I—you're right. It's—it's it's probably an engineer's nightmare more than anything, especially because the use case for an RV is completely different from person to person or group, you know, family to family or whatever the case is. This is true. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's hard for me to even think of what to do without seeing it or knowing exactly mm-hmm. how you guys would want to use mm-hmm. it. Is there any specific problem that, like, one thing you haven't figured out that we could attack? There is one. I mean, the thing is... Okay, I'll go first, and then you can go for one, Kelvin. So yeah. we are going to be taking out the closet, and it was really nice to kind of have a place to hang a coat or a, you know... S- it was costumes. A lot of it, it was costumes. <laughs> and sometimes when we went on trips, we would bring like a nice, some nice clothes. So you'd want to hang it. And we want to kind of, again, open that space up to add a little more seating and add some storage like that can go underneath an extra like rubber maids that can slide under a thing versus the drawers and stuff. But I still think we might regret taking away a space that can hang a nice shirt or a something so the only thing i can think of is kind of having something coming out of the wall like this far that you could hang like two or three nice shirts on or something like that but i i don't know that's a problem yeah. that I, I i foresee do you i mean do you think that would be a permanent fixture is that something you would always need or you just want to have the ability to hang because what i would do so i'm a big fan of magnets okay 
I like magnets because magnets let things be flexible. You know, they don't always have to be permanent. And if you get like rare earth magnets, right. they can be really strong. So what w- I would probably what magnet, do. Sorry. Rare earth. Rare earth. Okay, continue. Neo neodymium magnets is what you would call them. Yeah. Um, they're just really strong, basically. So what I would do is probably embed some of those into specific places on your walls, like high up. Oh, yeah. And then make a little hanger, a little like coat hanger type rod thing. You know, not, not very deep, yeah. like three or four inches maybe, uh, out of metal that you could, when you needed to have a place to hang stuff for a couple of days or whatever, you could snap yeah. it up there on this magnet that's embedded in the wall, hang your clothes on it. And when you're done, you can pull it out and get it out of the way and it's... And honestly, you could use that type of thing for all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, That will come in actually very handy. Well, and that's yeah. really smart in an RV because you kind of need everything to be able to, like, hold its place, right? And, and to be locked against something. So that's a really, really smart yep. idea. Yep. What are some of the applications that's you've used those magnets for? Oh, man. I use magnets for everything. Um, so I built some work tables for my new shop a while back, and they're just big two-by-four, oh, yeah. pretty basic tables. But I drilled um, inset holes into the corners of them and then embedded a magnet in the left corner and a washer, a metal washer in the right corner. And mm-hmm. I did this on every face of every table so you can snap tables together and they magnetically oh, yeah. catch right. and they become bigger tables. Or you can you know, make an L out of them and they kind of stick together and stuff. So, right. Yep. Oh, that's, that's very a great cool. idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, w- one of the things I think we're both pretty set on doing is one of these, um, taking an old propane tank and, uh, making it into a little wood stove because mm. we do use, like, we'd like to use it more in the colder season, which is a lot of where we live in. So, I mean, this thing, it's pretty big and it's pretty thin. So <laughs> heat, uh, you know, it goes pretty quick. So, uh, so this would be pretty sweet. Kind of at the back back corner where we're playing and on doing that is making a little raised platform. And then uh, there's lots of things we've been finding online how to make these um, basically old propane cylinders. Um, taking like an oxyacetylene torch and just cutting a little door and some vent holes in them and combination of whatever. Hmm. And then just routing it all up through the uh, through the roof, I guess, or through the side. Yeah, for the chimney. Yeah, that's the thing that straight up. That's the thing we got to figure out is the one vent hole we want to use potentially for the chimney. So you would kind of take that Mm -hmm. vent off and then put a chimney there. And then the other one of the other ones is where we would want to potentially put up the periscope because there's already a natural hole there. Hmm. In a pretty good spot, central location. Nice. So when you're since you're gutting the thing, are you are you going to be insulating when you put the whole thing back together to make the outer walls? A little bit more. We don't efficient. know what's under there, so we don't know. Maybe, maybe mm. not. Yeah, we're expecting a little, like some thin insulation, but I mean, I doubt we'll do anything too significant because it is mostly a summer vehicle. But I feel like if we got a little wood stove, it would heat it up so, so quick. Um, we had a guy in the podcast, when was Brian on Jer, like a few yep. months ago? That, that was his big suggestion was like, get one of those little mini. Um, dwarf stoves in there because mm-hmm. it just heats it up. A space like that is so small, heats yeah. it up in no time. Which also has this really yeah, cool really danger nothing. factor of having a fire in this <laughs> tinderbox of an RV. <laughs> <laughs> that that's another th- yeah, having like a a nice rolling fire cruising down the highway. Yeah, as long as the, the fire's on the back end of the thing. So like if the back falls off, you're good. But yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, when you're I mean I'm sure when you build this thing you'll find lots of reference to this but make sure that when you're doing the exhaust 
from that that you have there should be at least two layers of of pipe there you should have an inner one that has the actual right. exhaust and right. then you should have a and then a, a sleeve yeah a sleeve and then another one on the outside of that just right for insulation but yeah and that's that some of the stuff we have to think about and again behind the like behind the fireplace do you put some sort of rock some sort of fire barrier i know there's this like fabric stuff so we'll have to kind of look into all that mm-hmm. when you're doing a, a fireplace in a home at least in where i live um, you're supposed to have 18 inches of non-flammable material above and in front of. Now, granted, it's a different situation. You know, we're, we're talking about like a timber house, you know, stuff like that. But right. there is a considerable amount of space around it that's supposed to be fireproof. So, you know, you heard me say it. Do whatever <laughs> you got to do. No, that's very helpful because that's the stuff we're going to have to look into when we're figuring out the space. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want it to burn down. That would not no. be great. It would actually, I don't think it would burn down. I think it would just like melt into a puddle of uh, marshmallow. <laughs> How hilarious would it be to like bring in the uh, building inspector to do like the wet certificate <laughs> on this fireplace? <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> just watch him freak. Yeah. But yeah, I think we, yeah, like we, we, pr- we could hopefully have a foot, 12 inches. But again, now that thing's way out in the middle because that RV is so small. So we'll have to kind of figure yeah. that out. But it'll kind of go in the back corner Gotta where the toilet is, is right now, I, I suspect. So, but yeah. Well, I don't so think it's. I don't think it necessarily toilet. would have to be 18 inches from the corner, like if you were putting it in corner. But I think the space, the material next to it, um, should be a fireproof material. So totally. if you could make like some sort yeah. of a, a steel box that is, you mm-hmm. know, separated from it, or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the rules are. Yeah, and I think all the air, the space for some air is always really good too. So we'll look into it yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Bob, I mean, what do you got coming down the shoot for projects? I mean, maybe you can or can't tell us. Are, are you pretty swamped with home, uh, home kind of mods and, and uh, upgrades right now? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a mixture. I'm trying not to do too many of the home things uh, in a row. Like, I mean, just mm-hmm. my nature is to always try to make the videos like you never know what you're going to get something different every time. So I try to space them out. Yeah. We still do have a lot of house stuff um, to do. We have a lot of things left for our boy. We have three boys in one room, the big room in the attic. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like they need desks, they need storage. We got to build in a closet for them. We got a lot of that. Now that it's nice outside, we're talking about doing a bunch of outdoor stuff, um, some outdoor furniture and a fire pit and some stone steps and you know it have a bunch of stuff honestly i have my problem is that i have projects that are way bigger than i have time to do <laughs> in stand schedule so like if i you know, to i try do to do one a week a, a video like every to completion week and and these yeah, things take yeah, yeah. you know so basically i've gone through all of my small projects right <laughs> just to try to like right. get a video out yeah yeah now i'm at a point where like this is going to take two weeks or this is going to take two months right and right so, well, um, and that could be kind of cool. Like may- maybe that's the evolution of your channel a bit. I mean, you have slowly bumped the time up, right, over the last little while. Yeah, yeah. Like the time of your videos. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe you're getting into kind of. At what point is it in the YouTube world? Do you kind of make a video two parts? Like, I mean, where's the threshold of a too long of a video? 
I don't know. It's different for the, every audience. Sure. Some people will watch a 30-minute video in a heartbeat and not even think twice. Right, And right. some people won't go over five minutes. So it's it's different. And for me, when I look at multi-part videos, I look at it from the perspective of, like, each one needs to stand alone to have its own value. Right. Even if they're both part right. of a big story. Because I want yeah. – if. I want somebody to be able to come into part two, never having seen part one, and still get something useful out of it. Cool. Right. So still enjoy it. When I when I think of a project, I've got to be able in my mind to break that project up into two unique standalone parts. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff I want to do, it just that doesn't work. So right. I'm currently trying to figure out how to modify my schedule or modify my approach to projects to be able to fit some of these bigger ones in. And I'm also just trying to let myself off the hook a little bit hmm. because I don't have to make a video every week. It's nice. not the end of the world, you know. And that's that is true. That's it's kind of tough to get to that realization because every video is right. income, and so by taking a week off, right. I'm taking a week off from income. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But down the road, that's inevitable. Yeah, you know, making a video, a, a full project video, a week for the rest of my life is just not sustainable. So. Yeah, that's I'm trying to figure that out. What would happen if you just What would happen if you just did a cooking video one week? <laughs> do you think your like followers would drop off in a heartbeat, or like, would, no. do you think? What do you think the views would be like? I think the views. Like, would I think it would be kind of cool. Like, I think people would want to kind of see that side of you to see, like, yeah. oh, what does that guy <laughs> eat for lunch? You just like whipping up a couple of sweet turkey sandwiches. <laughs> I think people would think it was funny and think like, oh yeah, this is just as random as some of the other stuff he's done. Right. Um, right. But I think it it's probably something that would only work one time. And after that, it right. would be like, oh, so you're a cooking channel. But you could now. do it well. Like, you could nerd out and, like, smoke a little brisket or something. Yeah. I think Like, I can picture you getting into that. I th- yeah, I think if I, like, use it as an excuse to, like, I'm going to make a smoker. Or I'm right. going to make a yes. barbecue this or a whatever, you know. Yeah, maybe. Right. Well, maybe. and that's, that is an interesting thing about kind of knowing your audience and knowing what will be good and what will... Um, what might be a challenge. And it sounds like you have a really good handle of that. Do you have a good sense for when a video or a project that you're working on is just going to absolutely take away? Like this Katana video just is absolutely bonkers. Like, did you expect that? No, the Katana was a, like we were supposed to work on something else. And I came in in the morning and I was like, I think it'd be really cool to make a Katana (laughs) out of wood. And Josh goes, right, right. What? And I'm like, yeah, I know. Let's do it. And so we started doing it. And we did it. And it took like a day and a half. And it was done. And I moved on. And that was it. But yeah, that video has gone crazy. Where did, who I mean, who like liked it? How did it, go, how did it go? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, it just took off. And it so keeps weird. getting picked up by mystery. different little, you know, different outlets and stuff. We'll right. Be like, right, right, right. This weirdo made a sword out of wood. Out of his floor. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's That's amazing. <laughs> it's just gone. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, you gave great advice on the hangar. I just want to jump back for one second. Yeah. Is this periscope impossible? From I mean, nothing's impossible, but it would need to sit in the roof, and it would need to like potentially like have a mechanism that raises it up so it sees past the edge of the RV, and then also so it like lowers down into the middle, but then you can raise it up so it doesn't bump your head. Or is this just way too complicated? It's definitely complicated, but it's totally doable and would be awesome. Do you have any idea how the actual ones in a submarine work? Like, because they do pull down, right? They do, but they're also they're telescoping. Are they telescopic yeah, like that? Yeah, they're telescopic on the on the bottom, so you can 
compress it. I think they compress in both directions. And really the compression shouldn't have anything to do with the view because you have the mirrors at the top and the top That's and the bottom true. corner. And yep. so those can be any distance from each other. It's right. just going to change you know, mm-hmm. like how you see mm-hmm. it. Um, sure. But I would think both pieces could telescope. And I was thinking about this earlier from your email. And I think you could easily make the top piece um, a cap, like a waterproof cap, so that when it was pulled down all the way, it's actually overlaying the, the vent hole that it's coming through and sealing yes. up around the hole. So when you've got it pulled all the way in, right. it's actually sealing the yeah. hole up. I think that would be a smart thing to do. Oh, yeah. That makes a lot of Cause sense. Because otherwise, you know, y- y- for it to be able to move up and down, there's got to be some opening. There's got to be some play. It can't be, like, perfectly sealed up. But once you've got it pulled all the way down, you're basically capping off the, mm-hmm. the hole in the roof. Right. And would it be – do you think it would be um, – so, like, the other thing that w- I, I'm thinking about is would you try to hook up – this would be even crazier. Would you hook up something electric to it so it would, like, go up automatically with the push of a button or something? Because we do – we will have electricity running through. Or would you have it just on a normal, like – like uh, I don't know what the word is, like, kinesthetic, just normal, like, hand yeah. motion to, to, to move it? I don't know. I mean, either one would be cool, but obviously the more variables you add in, the more points of failure there are Ooh, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so if, if a motor I feel driver like that's dies, then it's, you're stuck with it up and it's raining and, you know. So right, that right. That's very true, yeah. Oh, no, water <laughs> in the RV? <laughs> We've never had that before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I, I like the idea of keeping it kind of like analog yeah. and, and like really manual. Like I think that's kind of cool. Like goes to like the, um, I don't know, the era of these old um, you know, submarines. Yeah. Which I think kind of neat. And I definitely like the idea do. of coming down and sealing it off. Well, yeah, one thing you could do is when you had it down, so I don't know how long you want this whole thing to be, but you could have the the majority of the length of the tube disconnect. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't even know how to say this. You pull it down inside. It seals up at the top. Yeah. And then maybe you, yep. you do, like, a quarter turn, and the whole tube lets go. Yeah. That way it's not sticking down in the middle of the, the RV the whole time. You can hide it away, put it in the closet that, that you just got sense. rid of. Something yeah. like that. And then when you bring it back out, you quarter turn, lock it back in, and push, push it straight it up, up, and you've got your... Ah, man, that's totally yeah. kind of backwards thinking, but makes a lot of sense. So you can pull it down, untwist it, then it's like sticking a, down three inches from the roof, and then when you poke it back in, yeah. it fires it right back up. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that could work really or, well. Since it's mirror-based, honestly, by adding more mirrors, you could kind of make it any shape you wanted to. You could have it... Right. You know, like you could actually put the viewport on the sidewall and bounce the mirror up to the ceiling, across oh, to the so center, yeah. and then up. So that the... I like that a lot. Like, like sitting on the bench, AJ, like with the, by the table. Yeah. And you yeah. just kind of look in. And then it could sw- or, swivel uh, out really over weird. the table, yeah. and then everyone could look. Uh, or, <laughs> or you just put like uh, one of the inexpensive HD like backup cameras in the thing, stick it up out of the roof, yeah, and yeah. then just watch the whole thing on a small TV that's mounted somewhere on the inside. You don't even have to have like the hang down. <laughs> like that could work too. That could work too. Yeah, maybe a little less cool, but but still pretty cool. 
The one thing yeah. that I'm curious cool. about is how much clearance are we going to need straight up in order to kind of see past the edges of the RV? Probably not too far, probably only a foot or two. But then you also need to be able to pull it down because <laughs> while you're driving, like that thing is already pretty tall and under bridges and stuff. It. I know. We've got enough problems as it is at the McDonald's <laughs> drive throughs I don't need any extra height. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Dunk. Yeah. So, but that's but like, that's that's the whole thing. You're like when it, if it if we can pull it down and it suctions down, then we have no problem. We want to use it. We pop it up. And I really yeah. like that quarter turn and PVC pipe or whatever kind of pipe you use easily just screws into itself or whatever. Like mm -hmm. that's all very easy. Yeah, you got all the different fittings. Well, anyway, Bob, we have a little bit of work cut out for us to see if we're going to make this work. And I think we might want to do a few other things before we get to it. But it's that dream we've had for like five and a half years. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, uh, it's awesome. It'd be great to see. My plan secretly is to build like a really sucky version that just really grinds Bob's gears. And then he makes a sweet <laughs> one. <laughs> well, it sounds like we might well. need to talk to Josh as well because he's, pretty, he's yeah. probably pretty into That's it. That's true. He's, I don't know that he would want to do it again, but he has done it in the past. I'll put it that way. How about that? Yeah, like the full, yeah. the all the full yeah, mods. Hilarious. So, well, yeah, it's it's funny because on one hand, this is just a it's a big project, and on another hand, it's not a very big space. So you got to think it's not going to be a crazy amount of work to make it a really nice space. But I, there's so I'm like battling <laughs> these two schools of thought. I would I would be really realistic about square footage does not equal the same amount of work like small square footage can be a huge amount of work big yes. square footage can be a small amount of work depending on what you want to do in the space so i, I would say mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. will be as complicated as you want it to be <laughs> i think yeah and that's the that's the whole balance i think with this rv and, and where we're kind of trying to break this into really like as we've talked about a little earlier just kind of using I mean our life um work family balances like I mean like Yes, this RV is a lot of fun, but like let's 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 do what we need to do to get it on the road to enjoy it again. Because mm -hmm. like we, we know it needs work, so yeah, we're gonna grind this weekend and demo the whole thing. And then realistically, I think we want to get this thing back together and kind of do little parts individually amongst a few different guys. Like I'll probably make the stove myself, and then do a few different. Um, we got a couple of cabinet maker guys that are gonna be involved in making some cubbies, and then basically collab all on one weekend and put all the different pieces together. Hopefully, all goes smooth. Again, it's this total We're back like, on the road in two weekends. It seems like it could be easy, <laughs> and weeks. yet it'll probably. I'm sure we'll run into different snags along the way. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So, but anyway, we're running, uh, we're running up against cool. the clock here. Uh, Bob, thanks so much for, uh, ch chatting with us today. I think we're, uh, we're excited for this project and we appreciate some of your insights on it. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to talk to you guys. Yeah. And we, and uh, best, best of luck on the <laughs> RV. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we appreciate that. And, uh, best yeah. of luck to you as you continue to, uh, push out fantastic content. We'll again, obviously direct all our listeners over to your stuff and, and, uh, maybe we'll chat with Josh in the next little bit. Awesome. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Bob. Yeah. Thank you, guys. What a dude. Hey, Jer. Bob has such great ideas, and we were emailing him, and I just thought it was so. It really showed his character when he said, I was thinking about how this could work. And all of those Periscope ideas to me were gold. And I, I also absolutely loved his. Uh, magnet ideas as well i think it just makes so much sense in an rv where everything's rattling around he's done some pretty cool magnet things and i love it when like you get kind of 
Like, I don't think I've ever done anything with a magnet, but I do know how magnets work. Jer, do you? Um, uh, I'm not totally sure about the science behind it, but I actually use them fairly regularly, too. We'll get a nice photo in the mail after someone got married. We yep. went to the wedding, and we, we use one to pu- put it on the, the fridge. That is exactly what we do, too. Okay. Dude. So we're on the same page as far as magnets go and the magic of magnets. But, I mean, I love kind of locking onto something like a really cool... Um, word I'm looking for is kind of like gadgety thing, but yes. then finding all these other use cases for that thing. And I can just tell Bob's gone magnet nut. The other thing I like about magnets is how cool is it when you get those super powerful ones that you can play with as toys that kids have? A, a rare earth magnet, right? Yeah. Is that the one you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So imagine there's like this bit of like a magnet theme where in one of the new drawers or something, we have a bunch of these high powered rare earth magnets that we can... I don't know, just have, it's like part of the aesthetic of the new RV is having some of these funky magnets around. It's so good, Jer. Yeah, it's just good. I feel like that's a high-class toy is a powerful magnet. No, you're right, you're right. Um, kids love magnets, and it just it's not sticky, right? So it's kind of a good thing. Ooh, good point. Yeah, and, so, and, and we are going for high-class, but Calvin, Demo Day... Demo we Day did, happened. And we did not find anything high-class in that RV. No, no, we did not, Jer. There was a lot of wet things, a lot of soggy things, a lot of things just brittle and just like crunching in between your fingers. Uh, So we went in with intentions to gut this thing. We did exactly that. We literally gutted everything out of this machine, like right down to the wall studs, ripped the whole ceiling down, pulled out all the insulation. We ripped up the old floor. Uh, what else? Like we got the, oh, got the old mattress out from oh. on, the, on the crow's nest, yanked that sucker out, just threw it out. It was black and soggy underneath. Uh, it was like a little overwhelming how uh, old this thing is and how long it sat. Yeah, and I and I want to really give a shout out to some of the people who who helped us out. Um, we had our, our dear friend Cole, who uh, was the one time producer of this show. He was helping us to capture the day, and he was uh, he was around for a bunch of it. Um, we could not have done Demo Day without Pete. Pete okay, just Pete was, was an asset. I mean, the guy is an absolute genius, uh, you know, contractor, carpenter type fellow, and just he knows how to take something apart with care. We didn't want to like take sledgehammers to this thing because the walls are so thin and fragile. We had to take it apart properly, and so Pete was just so instrumental in making sure everything worked out. And then uh, Matt came along a little bit later, and he... Did he do anything? Let's be honest. That guy was useless. <laughs> I mean, he he maybe vacuumed, but I don't he know distracted. if I... He <laughs> distracted. He's an excellent distractor. Um, and he took a couple photos while we were at the dump run. Yes. Uh, but anyways, it was a really good day, and um, we saw your cousin that day, which was great, too. Yes, that's right. We saw A.G. Moore Leather, who hooked us up with a nice tool borrow. Did you return that, by the way? Uh, still in my car. <laughs> return that. All right, I'll get back to him. <laughs> he said he doesn't need it, so maybe I got myself a new Sawzall. Maybe you did. That's <laughs> true. Uh, so anyways, like, uh, yeah, and Calvin, you're totally correct. I mean, it was like soggy is such a good word for it, but it was so interesting to rip everything out and to see what was behind because I feel like we were fearful the whole time to, to like look behind stuff. The word that to describe that 
rig is um you ever been down in georgia and you got like a boiled peanut (laughs) that thing is one giant boiled peanut (laughs) oh but except if you ate it you would die yeah if you ate that you would die and i'm pretty sure we were going to die because we were in there ripping it apart other thing jared i thought about afterwards that mattress was so disgusting and like moldy and black underneath you spent a long time sleeping on that thing last summer I could be, I could have a bad thing going. Like talking about death, like it's creeping on your doorstep here. Well, I made sure while I was living in that thing last summer to have every window open at all times to get as much fresh hey. air in. And like my head was right by the window, so I feel as though I was getting fresh air, but I no, think you're right. You had it's your face buried in a giant sponge of mold. No, no, I slept yes. on the one. No, no, no. I slept on the far side closest to where you could roll off and the, the, a mold was underneath on the other side. There's got to be something where mold attracts electricity, and that's maybe a little more evidence to your previous issue. Mm, that's that's a good point too. Um, do you want to tell the story about the mold at the dump? No. We got to talk about it, Calvin, because I, I I still feel bad, and I think I I obviously owe you an apology. I have apologized. So we're at this. Nasty... I don't know if you've gotten over it yet. No, Jerry, I haven't, because I feel like there was a little bit of spite involved. <laughs> We're at this nasty-ass dump in <laughs> Hamilton. Like, the place is terrible, and we got this truck loaded to the Gilligans with all of this stuff, and we're unloading the truck, and we have the mattress at the bottom, and it's been raining that day, so the thing weighs like 300 pounds, <laughs> and Jerry's, and I'm at the side of the truck, um, facing away from it. I was talking to someone, and Jerry is like dragging this mattress out of the back of the pickup and he flips it up on the one end but then he's so weak and the thing is so top heavy and soggy that it flops over and smashes me on the top of the head and what part smashed you on the top of the head just the part that was like as black as death itself (laughs) of mold the blackest moldiest part of this mattress moldiest corner tipped over just smoked calvin right in the head and and like covered me in what I can only assume is, you know, um, cancer. Oh, man. I, I can't tell you how bad I felt because you're not going to believe me. Um, and, and we were it all was, wet and rainy and it was just the worst. It was this hilarious moment where no one really knew what to do because you were like, did he do that on purpose? Was it a joke? <laughs> like, that's not a funny joke to smash someone in the head with a black mold mattress. <laughs> It's true. It's not that funny of a joke. But I also oh. don't feel like like that's the full story. My side of the story is okay. that as I was lifting it up, I just wanted to like – so it was on its long side. I wanted to flip it up on its short side yes. and then tip it over back and it would just fall off the truck. So right, as right. I was bringing it up onto its short side, the handle I was – and I was trying to touch it as little as possible for the same reason of not wanting any more of this black mold on myself. The handle – was so soggy and the mattress was so destroyed that the handle ripped out and then as the so the handle ripped off through the fabric then it fell on your head and I was left with the handle in my hand so it was not intentional I didn't even know that part of the story no it was not intentional but um I clearly was trying to only do it with one hand so that was intentional that I was trying to do the least touching uh possible yes but but the mattress did rip on me while I was trying to do it um so maybe you could argue that I was too strong, not too weak. That's okay. We'll leave it at that. But uh, Calvin, I do want to apologize because that was yeah. truly disgusting. 
It was truly disgusting. Luckily, we got to just, I soaked in your hot tub after, and then all of the bromine and whatever other chemicals were able to kind of eat it off my body. <laughs> yeah, so you only had like an hour and a bit of exposure. Yeah, that's right. And you have black hair, so it kind of soaked in. Yeah, that's right. You can't see it in black hair. And as a matter of fact, after that, the RV got me back a little bit because as I was pulling some disgusting insulation out of the roof, we found yes. where the mouse was living and the mouse fell onto my arm. And I mean, that's not really that bad. And then no. fell onto the floor. Happy to see that, that guy was so healthy and energetic, right? He was, I mean, you know, I almost feel bad for disrupting his home, but uh, we, we had, he had to a kick great him out. setup up there. Yeah. Good setup. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, one thing that you mentioned, and I'm going to defer to you on this because you're a little bit more handy than me. Um, okay. You talked a little bit about what's next and if you were nervous or excited, but the state of that thing right now is obviously horrible. It's ripped mm-hmm. apart. Um, but So bad. But let's think about next steps, and, and are you nervous, excited, and how much work do you think is actually left? I mean, um. I just feel like whenever you're going to get into like a rental like this, it's awesome to kind of get through this first hurdle of ripping everything apart to truly assess like what you need to do and, and what you can do. So for me, it was a big deal to kind of get all of that ripped out. And then we're able to assess like, okay, first things first, like we know there's leaks and now we can actually find the leaks and, and deal with them properly as opposed to just tarring up that roof. Right. And, and layering it up like we know for that for sure that front window is like leaking like a sieve and that's why that mattress is so so bad so that yeah. needs to be addressed and then yeah and i think throughout the day we were kind of just spitballing as we came across problems and we were even for that mattress thing we're like okay well maybe we're just not going to put a mattress back in there again maybe we're just going to do um you know like a nice new clean plywood and throw a couple thermorests up there or even just uh, a nice air mattress and inflate it when we want it that way we get even more storage, but and it's still a nice big lounge up there. Yeah, and so yeah, it was nice to start looking at the RV and the space in it in like a totally fresh way. And I think that was a little bit hard to do because it's so small. Yes. But was also uh, once everything was ripped out and we made some like there were some spaces that were storage from the outside that we tore out cabinets and made it bigger space on the inside right. we're just going to use that space it's which is really nice so just gaining a whole lot of real estate yeah so we gained yeah. some real estate we took out a few cupboards that were pretty redundant and no one really used but we're still like where do people need to put their stuff and is it more of a weekend mobile or a five-week mobile how do we make sure it's still both and mm-hmm. yet probably more focused on you know, either sleeping more bodies or just being a more comfortable space for the people that are going to be in there. I don't feel like we sacrificed anything by getting rid of what we did because all of that stuff that we got rid of, it never got used. All that was in there was like sports equipment and bags and stuff. Like well, all that. Think about, yeah, think about all that weird stuff that we put on that table that, yeah, we kind of used once or twice, but yeah. it's good that it's gone. We're just things we collected over the years, right? We're, um, it's now, I mean, it doesn't need to be in there. And opens it up for way more collections. <laughs> yeah. Or or I wonder if we should talk to a a, uh, a minimalist and see what they feel is the absolute necessity and then start there and only add things if we like think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. I mean, the sweet thing about that RV is you can put in there the most ridiculous things that you would never have at home. And it's just like, it's always kind of a nice reminder like, oh yeah, I can play the Vuvuzela in here as loud as <laughs> I want. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, and that that really is some of the best the best part about that. And let's remember, all that stuff did used to fit in the closet or the bathroom that we've now. I know, out. I know, we got rid of it, so we're gonna have to do something for it. But go somewhere. we also got to remember there's still the hitch on the back that you can use for a bike rack. You can use for a toolie. You can put all kinds of stuff out back there for sports equipment and whatever. Yeah, I know. Jared, one of the funnier moments that I took away from the day was how many times you said to Pete and I something to the, um, something to the degree of Edison bulbs. <laughs> Well, see, I I did that intentionally. You have this hilarious vision in your mind of something to do with an Edison bulb. Well, see, that was it was this thing that I said once, and then the the first time those words came out of my mouth, I was like, that might be one of the most obnoxious things I've ever said. <laughs> because and in that moment, I was serious, where I was like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to have like those cages, like there's a cage and an Edison bulb inside, and I like said that because I was like picturing it. I was like, yes. I just sounded like the most <laughs> like millennial hipster douchebag I've ever heard in my life. And so then I've I've like started to run with it and I'm like, if this thing doesn't have Edison bulbs, we are screwed. So anytime I was like seeing wiring, I was this like, This thing oh, is yeah. nothing with an Edison bulb. Here's where the Edison bulb could go. We could throw another one over here. And I like how an Edison bulb just kinda make like you can have any space you want. If that thing's got an Edison bulb, Jer, penny. All oh the man. way. And it's like, wow, that's intentional simplicity. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like those, they, they, that's the look they want. If there was a room. For us, it's an advantage because, I mean, you, we can have that rustique look. And all we got to do is throw an Edison bulb in there and boom, we've made it. Freaking boom. If there was a room and all that was in it was a coffee table, an Edison bulb, and a beanbag chair, you would say, wow, that's a beautifully furnished room. I would sum it up that in one word, Jer. Deep. <laughs> whoa that room is deep <laughs> also to me it's just hilarious it just got me for some reason because like if you're like ever doing any kind of like building or renovation what's the absolute last <laughs> thing you would ever do the light bulb <laughs> this is like why? we're like just getting into the de- demolition chairs like what kind of bulbs are we gonna put in this thing <laughs> well and this is the other reason why it was so or funny like, in- and in Oh, and why I was so glad to have both you and Pete there because I'm like, yeah, like I can help put flooring in, but like, I don't know how much we're going to need, or I'm going to need someone to show me how to start it. And like, I'm giving Calvin all these ideas for what we can do with the roof. And then you're saying, well, maybe we leave the roof. And then I'm like, well, I kind of want another roof, but I'm obviously going to defer to you because you're clearly going to be either doing more of the work or the majority of the like owning that role and owning that work. Right, right, right. So I'm kind of like... Yeah, I don't actually really have a leg to stand on, but hey, if we could get like an Edison bulb in here, that'd be cool. <laughs> <sighs> uh, fun takeaways when we're just hopped up on mold air. Uh, any other highlights from Demo Day from your perspective? Um, I mean, it was cool hanging out with Pete. He's a cool dude. He, I was, you know, I'd like to, he was impressed that we had two uh, working and charged fire extinguishers in there, which I think we'll put back, right? Like, why not? I think those should live in there. Yeah. Um, it did get me kind of psyched up to think about a little bit like what we're going to do on the outside because the thing looks, I think it looks so good from the outside. Like I love um, how it's how it's weathering and how it's aging. Um, so there's just some things that I like think like, yeah, it would be kind of cool to spruce that up and touch up the paint. But I'm like, oh, I love where it's at right now. Just looking so like 
derelict and like straight out of a wrecker but then you come in and it's just like mint like i think that's gonna be you know maybe a little bit of a boiled peanut it's funny how much i forget like like that thing is a true eyesore yeah and but that's it is like kind of why it draws big, the eye exactly it's big it's bumbling it's like it like rattles it shakes it's like it is a murmuring homeless man on the street right (laughs) like you cannot ignore it (laughs) right it's so i just love that part about it and okay this is a tangential story but i'm i'm gonna kind of link it i'll allow it it's like that yeah it's it's like that thing that you you can't look away from um did you did you by chance see what i posted to uh to instagram a little bit earlier this week i did probably did not you probably did not. Well, let me uh, see if I can show it to you to just have you respond in real time. I had a friend make me a hat. Oh, yeah. Kate showed me that. How yeah. awesome is that? How awesome is that? They ch- so what's the story of that? Who did that? So for our listeners, I'm showing Calvin a, a photo hat. on my Instagram of a hat that I had when I used to have dreadlocks. And I had a friend so in all of my old dreadlocks into this hat so I can simply put on a hat and be Jer from the past, who is, in similar to the RV, an absolute eyesore that you cannot not look at as they are walking down the street. <laughs> it's perfectly suited, and I thank you for tying in the analogy. That worked well. It, it just I, I wouldn't usually share this, but I am really excited about this hat, and it truly makes me feel like I'm living my my uh, you know my young adult younger adult I'm still a young adult my younger adult day dreams when I put that hat on and he's awesome. Do you know uh, Nicole Ankerman? No, Ben Ankerman. I don't. Wife. Yeah, I mean I don't know who that is, but yes, I know who Ben is. Yeah, so Nicole, um, who we both know, she I gave her the dreads. I no, gave her I the hat. Her. I gave her the. You know who she is. <laughs> You gave her the hat. You gave her the dreads. She added in some thread. And here we are four years later. And I said. Why did it take so long? I said, you do whatever you want. Now, I didn't give these to her until about four months ago. And I they were sitting oh, okay. in a bag for five years. Oh, nice. And I just said to her, honestly, I have zero expectation for if you ever want to do this or ever have time to do this. But this is what I'm thinking. And like, do it if it's something that is kind of interesting to you or a project you want to take on. Dude, is she, she a bit did, of a seamstress? Yeah, she is. And she did, I can't even tell you, an unbelievable job. I mean, she like pulled the seam apart of the hat and then sewed the dreads in between the seams so that there wouldn't be dread ends touching my head. That's really smart. And then she like put other ones in like another, she like basically sewed them into like uh, a little bit of a band and then sewed yeah. the band into the hat. So like like a sweatband. You got it. So I put it on and it, it, it doesn't like itch my head. It, it wicks my moisture. shoulders a little bit. But it's like and it just looks so good. Yeah, that's that's wicked. So how how can you display this thing in your house? Because like you don't want to exactly tuck it away. It'd be really cool if do you have anywhere in your house that would um justify like a deer and or elk moose head over top of the fireplace and then that baby on top of the head okay would look actually really cool okay we will we will go hunting with jay siemens another guest we used to have on our podcast who is now super into hunting i'll get a deer and i'll put the hat on the deer now that is a sick idea 
I will admit to you, you know, I have been gracious to my wife, and it currently lives in the man cave where she doesn't have to see it. Are we in the man cave right now? Oh, no, downstairs, you mean, in the Correct. in the basement. Correct. Careful with mold in that thing, Jer. <laughs> I, I, you know, that thing I, is a magnet. I think if we've learned anything from this episode, it's that mold if you are exposed you? to mold, you will still survive. Look at us. We're both still here, buddy. Yeah, you're been a little off since I saw it last, but yeah, you're still here. That's that is true. Yeah. So, well, uh, Jared, how sweet would a deer head be in the RV? That's one of your best ideas I think I've ever heard. That would be unreal. We have the room for it over top of the where we're gonna put the new bench. That would be sick, and it would double as a coat rack. That is a. That's the second solution. We're going to put magnets, and we're going to put a deer in there, and it's going to be the coat rack. That's a towel rack, right? Dude, I can't even believe we haven't thought of that. You are a genius. Oh, I love... This is why we have to have more conversations. So can we have both Edison bulbs and a deer head? Yo! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Calvin, seriously, that is an amazing idea. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Do you know I, where I just, are, I'm going to ask you to start sourcing that? Yeah, no, I'll, I will. I will do that. I oh, should be we, able to source that fairly easily. Oh. Are kind of exp- you got to find an old musty one that's not worth anything. Or you, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, anyways, we will find. We're going to get one, and it's going to be unreal. Such a good idea. That is such a good idea, dude. Cool, cool. Um. Anyway, and that that I think is a good idea to end this podcast on. But do we have any I, other thoughts on demo day? I mean, it was nasty. We're not going to we top it. that. We're not going to talk. Yeah, about it was nasty. We did like I just like you know, good on us, Jer, for taking on that project on a holiday long weekend, no less. So my next question to you is: Are we going to pick a weekend in June to do the next step? Like it's May 29th. Yeah. Um. Just I I'd like to lay out a bit of what the next step is, but yes, I think. And I think we got to plan a bit like how we're going to do it. Like even logistically, um, we burnt like time is so precious for us to get this in. Um, yeah. You know, do we want to just do it all at the shop yep. or um, like that may, might even make sense. You know what I think is a good idea? Let's maybe do a bonus episode in the next little while when you and I sit down to talk about what that looks like. It'll just be really yeah, casual. Just raw and cash. Um, but we'll talk yeah. a little bit about what our plan might be and, and we're how... We're so formal, Jer. We're too formal. Oh. You know? Let loose. This this podcast was supposed to be us being ourselves in front of our audience. Right? What have we become? We're just like preps, right? <laughs> We're too polished. Uh, okay, so we will do that at some point in the next little bit. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for... Uh, caring about this podcast and if you have ideas about the rv as you heard in this episode we're still all ears there's the 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 reno hasn't happened we still want your ideas um and i dare uh, i dare someone out there to top the deer head (laughs) (laughs) Uh, consider the uh lines open consider the lines open i would love that now that this thing's a clean slate for people to just pour in the suggestions because i mean there's only good suggestions out there there are no bad suggestions we don't have to do them all. Slip and but we slide. We can at least filter them, right? <laughs> Slip and slide. Out the back. With, oh, that is a really fun and really easy toy. A slip and slide. Oh. Right? Toys don't need to be so complicated. Magnets and slip and slides. Right. That's all you need to raise a family. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can find us uh, on Instagram at Open Road Pod. If you haven't already, go give us a follow over there and share the show with your friends as we go on this journey of renovating this podcast. And if you do have ideas, send them into Jeremy at OpenRoadPod.com or Calvin at OpenRoadPod.com uh, or, uh, you know, send it to both. That would work, too. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Okay. Signing out. Talk to you next we, week. We hope you go and find some adventure in your everyday. day.